This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time, keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. I hope you had a fantastic week so far and are looking forward to football returning this Sunday. It won't return tomorrow, rather frustratingly, with the PSV game of course being postponed. However, we have had some Champions League football to enjoy and boy have we enjoyed some Champions League football, especially yesterday. More about that in a little bit. Um, good morning, everybody in the chat box. Tony and Matt G and Martin and Afsar. Good morning, guys. Dom and Kevin and Justin and Yomi, Kaiser and Sean and Nikolai. Hope you had a fantastic week so far, guys. Marcus, NSW, Dave, uh, Jose, Sean, Gunare, David, uh, PJ. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me and everybody else, of course. Not just live and in the chat box, of course. Those listening back to the show, either on Catch Up, on YouTube, or on our audio-only platforms as well. Without further ado, though, let's kick off today's show by, as always, telling you to go and check out the latest prize. I believe the early bird prize is not available anymore. However, there are plenty of tickets still left to get involved with what is quite an incredible prize to win. I'll run you through what, it ex- what exactly you can win. Uh, tickets are now 9 95 and there are... Of the remaining 199, doing some quick math, 63 tickets left. You can win a Robert Pires signed and custom-framed Arsenal shirt and a Freddie Jumberg signed and framed Arsenal shirt and a Dennis Bergkamp signed and framed Arsenal shirt and a Tony Adams, Charlie George, Liam Brady signed and custom-framed Arsenal shirt and two tickets to see Arsenal against Zurich at the Emirates Stadium in hospitality uh, on the 3rd of November and two tickets to see Arsenal against Brighton at the Emirates Stadium on the 8th of November and to Arsenal away kit, well, home and away kit, a Paul Merson uh, signed Arsenal shirt and a Ray Parler signed Arsenal montage. 
there you go what a prize and let's move forward to our next topic link by the way for that is down below um we completed our preview show yesterday for the arsenal against brentford game we did it quite ahead of time because it was actually meant to be the psv preview yesterday and we'd already kind of sorted out all the logistics of the show so we just moved it and changed it to the arsenal against brentford one so do go and check that one out if you haven't done so already uh good luck kind of look about how we feel about the brentford game predicted lineups latest team news all of that good stuff so that's the pinned video on the channel if you want to go and check that one out Ha 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 ha. Spurs get battered everywhere they go. Um, losing to Sporting Lisbon last night. And I don't know, I didn't know much about Marcus Edwards before this game, but uh, woof, what a player. Um, ironically, someone that Spurs, it turns out, let go of at youth level. He was lightning. Um, a brilliant performance, great creativity, great close control and dribbling. Was unlucky, unlucky not to score what probably would have been one of the goals of the season against Spurs with close control dribbling, taking it past at least four or five players. He was excellent. Sporting were great in the end and uh, it bodes well uh, for Arsenal's game coming up. It will frustrate Spurs going into their next fixture. Hopefully it affects them and then, of course, into the North London derby on the 1st of October. There is actually apparently an image of Bellerin showing Gnabry the exact moment that that goal went in that if you're not listening only on audio only uh definitely go to my twitter page you'll be able to see it um but yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's actually what he's showing him but in my mind it absolutely is anyway nuno Tavares's marseille lost again this time losing at home to frankfurt that's two losses out of two for the french side who will probably look to be the, the most likely to go through with Spurs over Frankfurt, who aren't having the best of years in the Bundesliga, whereas Marseille, of course, have managed to, to keep pace with PSG in Liga. And Sporting, of course, now top the group with two wins out of two. Really intriguing how that group's going to turn up in the end, but hopefully Tavares' Marseille can bring it back. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, of course, involved in the team as well. Now, Chelsea's game, sorry, Arsenal's games against Chelsea and against Wolves have been given brand new fixture times. Um, just giving you the exact ones they are. So when Arsenal play Chelsea on the 6th of November, that will now take place at 12 o'clock midday on the Sunday. Uh, and on the 12th of November, on a Saturday, Arsenal's away trip to Wolves has been moved to a 7.45 kickoff on a Saturday, which is quite weird obviously it's frustrating for fans that are going to be traveling up to Birmingham for that game I might be one of them <laughs> which is going to be an interesting getting back from Birmingham at ridiculous o'clock um so yeah we'll see how that one turns out but for fans trying to get back from from Birmingham on a Saturday night at that time is a real frustration a real frustration indeed so hopefully um I say hopefully because we just need to see some more sensible decisions being made, frankly, by um, by the Premier League because that isn't uh, a 7.45 away game on a Saturday night. Not good at all. Um, moving forwards, uh, Omar Rekic is currently struggling to get regular game time with Sparta Rotterdam. He's only played just over, I think it was a 12-minute cameo uh, in, a, in the first game of the Eredivisie season where he came off the bench. Sparta Rotterdam have since played five games and he's not featured in any of them, not coming off the bench whatsoever. Uh, but he's also dropped down to the other 21s. He's played, and I watched the game back the, uh, yesterday. I was kind of looking into how he's been getting on, 
how he's featuring and he does not look like he's enjoying his time in Holland, at, in the Netherlands at all. Um, and it's really frustrating for him. It's frustrating for his development. And there is a recall clause uh, in his Arsenal loan contract. So he could return to the club um, before the season finishes in January to therefore make a different decision about his future. Now, Stan Kroenke has been praised by former Arsenal executive David Dean uh, in an interview with The Guardian last night. He spoke about the mistakes that have been made. He says they made mistakes. Um, there's no doubt. Bad mistakes over the uh, over the years in the transfer market and how they've run the club. But the good news is that it's 15 years since I left and now appear to be on an upward trajectory. The ship has been stabilised. He says, I want the club to do well, irrespective of how I left and how Arsene left, which was equally as painful. We're both bruised over it because that was an unfinished business. We had something really special. And when it fell away, that really hurt. Um, David Dean has been speaking a lot recently about former Arsenal kind of situations and, of course, his new book that's coming out as well. That's why he's doing all kind of this media at the moment. 15 years since he left, kind of a little bit of a dig there saying about how long it takes to to recover from him leaving. It's ironic because Dean was one of the main people brought in KSE into Arsenal. Um, So there is an element of irony, I suppose, about his comments. But it's taken that amount of time because, of course, Arsenal weren't owned by the Cronkies up until 2018 when they took full ownership of the club. Things that happened before that, I have a level of understanding around the idea that, well, if you don't own something fully, are you really going to put the money into it? Now that they do own it fully, we've seen a significant amount of spending from Arsenal and investment from the ownership as well, which makes a lot more sense considering they're full owners of it. And our final and headline story of the day is comments from Todd Bowley, who is, of course, Chelsea's new owner who bought this club from Roman Abramovich. He is pitched the idea of a Premier League all-star team. I'll read you the comments of which seem quite ridiculous. He says, I hope the Premier League takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports and really starts to figure out why wouldn't we do a tournament with the bottom four teams? Why isn't there an all-star game? You could do a North versus South all-star game in the Premier League and fund whatever the pyramid needed very easily. Everyone likes the idea of more revenue for the league. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I, it just kind of shows how out of touch he is, I think, with football. Now, what you will unfortunately see, um, I think is people making the very lazy attachment that because he's American or comes from American sports, that this is the reason as to why. Now, definitely there is an element of business and American sports in particular, but I don't want to go down the whole route of saying because he's American, because that would be short-sighted and wrong. And there's a lot of American football fans that I know that know loads about football. So we're not going to make that association. But specifically, Todd Bowley, obviously, coming from uh, American sports, where there are that, as Jurgen Klopp actually talked about, and I implore you to go and kind of listen to what Jurgen Klopp had to say when he was asked about the question. Um there's a four-month gap or something like that that obviously um, the teams in America get to kind of have. And there's actually a kind of a feel of waiting around and there's time for these types of all-star games. So the first point is that there's no time for an all-star game at all. There's no time for that to happen. There's no time to pick the team. There's no time to train. There's no time to prep at all, even if it was going to go ahead. That's the first point. The second and more important point 
is it stupid? <laughs> like thinking about the idea of putting Arsenal and Spurs players together outside of an international football context is a stupid idea. Liverpool and Everton and Man United players together, Man United and Man City players. You know, imagine if Sunderland were still in the top tier, putting them with Newcastle players. It, it's stupid, is what it is. It just it shows how out of touch Todd Bowley clearly is with football. He's also recently, uh, there's also reports going around at the moment that Chelsea are interested in apparently looking to uh, Red Bull Salzburg's kind of sporting director or uh, uh, someone who's in the kind of club to that effect because Bowley has seen kind of the success of the Red Bull model and he wants to try and replicate that at Chelsea. Again, I can't think of anything more ludicrous than a club like Chelsea trying to take on a Red Bull model. I mean, if they want to go and do that, Fine. But Red Bull, Salzburg in particular, and RB Leipzig in particular, these are clubs that have links to other sides. I mean, Salzburg in particular have a great kind of latch onto the African football market because they can get work permit. They don't have to worry about the work permit issues that we do in here in the UK. That's why they've had so much success with players like Sadio Mane and Enoch Mwepu and Patson Daka. You know, they've been able to bring these players in at a very young age. They've got links with like Zambia in particular. That's why you've seen Daka and, and Mwepu in particular come through and do so well but to see Chelsea try and adopt a Red Bull model would be for their fan base genuinely detrimental to what they're trying to achieve because Chelsea have got to where they've got by being a dominant force in English football spending a ridiculous amount of money on established stars not going out and being a selling club which is what both Salzburg and to a lesser extent Leipzig are they buy young they develop and they sell on for profit if that's what Chelsea want to do you go do that, Chelsea. You go do that, Tobolli, because if anything, that's helpful to Arsenal. I don't want Arsenal to have a Red Bull model. That's not what I want for Arsenal. I like the Red Bull model in context of Red Bull Salzburg and RB Leipzig, but you know, to, to bring that into a team like Chelsea would be ridiculous. So if you want to go out and take Red Bull Salzburg's director of football or wherever the person is in the, in the company, go and do it. I'm really not sure how that's going to help you in your project. Um you know me, I like Salzburg. So it's not that I'm salty about them losing someone like that because I think as they've shown over the years, they can replace personnel, both playing and staff, very well. So there's not an issue about that. It's just mad how out of touch Todd Bowley clearly is with football in England um, and his own team. So Chelsea fans, have fun. Enjoy that. Anyway, uh, that brings an end to the first half of today's show, which we're going to means we're going to move on into the chat box and get through some of your questions. So without further ado, after this, this short break, rather, we will... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We'll go and do that.
So let's go to part two very quickly. As I mentioned at the start of the show, do go check out this brilliant prize that is available. Um, amazing, amazing signed Perez, Jumberg, Bergkamp, Merson shirts, tickets to the Brighton and um, uh, Zurich games at home in the Europa League. Amazing. Go check it out. Link in the description. Uh, don't miss out on what an opportunity that would be to win that. That would be crazy. Uh, Tom says, Tom, uh, with the gazillion young players they have on loan, they could definitely use the RB director to sell them. I suppose that's a fair point, um, that you know, getting maximum value from the young players that they could move on is good. But if they're going to run it as just a loan program, they've been doing that for ages. And there's also new loan restrictions coming in if that have have actually partly already come in soon. That's going to really kind of restrict clubs like Chelsea from doing their loan deals like they have. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Lynn says, you know how little Bowley knows about football in the way that he bought players. It was scattergun. It was strange. It was weird. Um, yes, they added some decent players like Koulibaly and Fafana and Sterling, but you couldn't see I couldn't see a strategy behind it really I know it sounded a bit Gary Neville there with like kind of failing to see the strategy but I couldn't see the strategy at Chelsea's spending I couldn't see the strategy in spending 250 plus million quid and then sacking your manager days after the windows closed that is very strange um Mark says hello from the states do you worry that they're rushing Partey back into service given the congestion of cancelled games will create I do um Mark, I don't just yet because, of course, he has been in training since last week. Um, so he is gradually working his way back. We're not rushing him. Uh, we'll see how many minutes he gets if he does indeed start or not against Brentford. I don't think they're rushing him back. I think they are easing him back into things. I don't think he would have played against Everton. Maybe he would have got some minutes against PSV to kind of give him an opportunity to get back into the swing of things. But no, I don't think this time they're they're rushing him back. Um, Big Fats of Lackey says, um, Bowley does not realise how different football is to basketball, NFL and similar others he uses as examples. A much larger team that is a lot harder to coordinate. Mixed squads would look terrible. Uh, The Real Yanis says, do you think being off for so long after a loss is a good or a bad thing? Of course, we had the Zurich game to respond to. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a good thing being away from the Man United game. I think for teams like Man United, like Liverpool, this would have been a bit of a welcome break, actually, and getting kind of some European games to get themselves back into form, which they've done to a lesser extent, less so Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily think for us. I think we needed momentum, and, and this break was only going to kind of stop that momentum, if you will. Uh, Deep Kundu says, hi, Tom. Do you think the Nations League was a good addition to the international schedule? I know it's more exciting than the friendlies, but I feel most fans don't enjoy them as much. Look, I, I think in terms of a concept, if you're going to keep the international breaks, it's a good idea in regarding to make friendlies more competitive. Sure, that in itself works. But for me, international breaks should be scrapped by one, which is going to be a couple of months before an international tournament. It should be one international break and the rest of the time should be used for club football and rest and recovery. There's not enough periods in the footballing calendar for rest and recovery, and there should be, you know. So there should only be one international break before an international tournament, like we're seeing at the moment, you know, an international break at the end of September, for my view, should be the only one in a year with a Winter World Cup. If there is a World Cup or a Euros in the summer, there should be one international break around March, April time, and then that should be it then there shouldn't be any more. You know, we should play through till winter. You could have a winter break like they do in Europe. You know, you could have two weeks off. I think there needs to be more time for rest and recovery with these players. So whilst I think the Nations League was a good idea to change the friendlies into more competitive fixtures, 
there is, I suppose, a contradiction in the sense that if they're more competitive, is there a higher chance of injury? Maybe. But I think there should only be one international break, personally, throughout the whole year. Uh, won't ever happen, by the way. Just a mad scientist suggestion. Benji says, Tom, I do think the Prem would benefit from some structural changes, hopefully one that gives the players a little more rest. Yeah, I'm not saying that we shouldn't change some things about how football happens in the Premier League. We should, but an all-star Premier League game is is, is not a good suggestion. Um, aspiring Wealth Creator says, but I truly think Arsenal should move for a party because of the amount of games he misses. I've written about this. I think if Arsenal, you know, Arsenal should really be looking to try their best to move on from Partey and upgrade upon him. That's only going to be beneficial to us, is upgrading upon Partey. Uh, Nathan says, considering our good start and how well we look, what's your opinion on a good points total? Is 75 to 82 optimistic? It shouldn't be. You know, we finished the season on 69 points last season. We should be looking to try and get at least six more this season, really. That's 75. Anything more than that. And I think we've gone the way to, to a really strong season. So, yeah. We, and we lost 13 games last year. 13 games. That means we were losing once every three, you know, around that. That's mad when you think about it. One in every three games we were losing in a season. That's not good enough. We need to change that. We need to turn a lot of those losses into draws. You turn six of those losses into draws and you're at 75 points. So, yeah, it's very possible. I don't think it's too optimistic whatsoever, Nathan. I think it's completely fair. Iris says, Tom, I think this can end the conspiracy theories that Bowley isn't a shell company for Abramovich. He would never have come up with such an idea. Potentially, yeah. I didn't even read anything into the shell company ideas. Uh, Olu says, I had my suspicion when they began to spend big on young players. He is definitely looking to buy young and then sell for profits. Maybe that is what we see. That said, they've spent quite heavily, you know, on players like Chukwemeka and Casadei. They've spent like over 10, they've spent like around 50 million pounds on these guys. They're going to have to get them regular minutes to earn more money. Um, but maybe he does see kind of this youth production as a bit of a a business model. I mean, it's worked for a lot of clubs like Salzburg so and Borussia Dortmund as well. So it clearly does work. Maybe that's what he sees. Um, Lewis says, I was at the theatre on Monday when Dean did his evening with, etc. The amount of respect he commands from ex-pros is great. On rewrite, Dixon, hopefully Arsenal will find some way to honour him. Perhaps, I mean, he'll be included in some way. He's the person, as I say, that was responsible for the introduction of KSE to Arsenal. So the link is there. Uh, Tim says, football players, we're playing too many games. We're breaking down Bowley. Let's have more games. <laughs> uh, Spagarama says, uh, do you think there is a decent chance of Arteta changing our first choice back four for the Brentford game? I hope to see Saliba, White and Tommy against Villa. Um, would love to see Tommy start this one. Well, if you go and watch our preview show from yesterday, there's a couple of us that actually put Tommy Asu in and take Gabriel out, making a back two of White and Saliba. I really want to see White and Saliba. I think it's an option. Uh, I think it's something that we could see. Spaceman Drupal says, I disagree, Tom. I think there are a lot of things we could take from the NFL and NBA, such as an all-star game. They're essentially ex exhibition fixtures. Nobody plays serious defense. I, I think it's stupid, honestly. With respect, I think it's a stupid idea. I think it shows a lack of understanding of the, um, the hatreds between Arsenal Spurs, between Liverpool United, between City United, between Newcastle Sunderland, between Wolves, Aston Villa, Birmingham City. You know, I, th I think that there is, and I've left out loads, there is hatred between these clubs. Combining an all-star South team, there isn't a unified South. There isn't a unified North in club football. These things don't exist. You know, it's, it's not the same. Um, it shows a lack of understanding, in my opinion, about 
the game of football in England and the culture between supporters and between clubs. There is no interest at all. And not only that, take away the tribal element. Take away this element of um, tribalism and rivalry. When are you going to do it? When are you going to play the game? Why are you going to generate more um, games for players to play? It's ridiculous. So, no, I can't agree with you, mate. It's a stupid idea. Uh, Avlife says, why would Bowley think an all-star game of football would be entertaining? Even in the NBA, they don't play at 50% because of the injury scares. Imagine Xhaka letting Phil Jones dribble the field. <laughs> yeah. Vanaduti says, by selling shares to both Usmanov and KSC, doesn't David Dean have to take a larger blame for how we were run before KSC took some control of the club? He also made a lot of money. Um yeah, we could do a whole podcast with some better educated people around the David Dean situation and what happened towards the end of it. But, you know, selling those shares to them has obviously contributed to what I think was a a decline of Arsenal in the late noughties and throughout the, the 2010s until the late 2010s when KSC finally took over full control. This kind of split ownership didn't do Arsenal any favours in terms of keeping them competitive with their rivals. And Arsene Wenger had to work ridiculously hard to keep us in the Champions League. So... Yeah, indeed. Um, let's go to uh, the real Yanis. Says I second that. Also, our game is stupid because we aren't franchises; we are clubs. I mean, the whole franchise thing is obviously it's a it's a fancy word that often gets talked about in American sport. But clubs are businesses still in the UK. Yes, we are clubs, but they are very. Let's not let's not play dumb. Clubs are businesses; they are companies here in the UK as well. Uh, Mark says an all-star game would just put more wear on the legs of key players, rivalries aside, if we're complaining now. Yeah, I mean, as I said, if you just take away even the rivalry and the tribalism aspect, from a logistics and fitness standpoint, it would make absolutely no sense to do it. Uh, Derek says, do you think Arteta should focus more to have killer instinct and finish off games more easily? Or will the young players learn from Jesus? I think it's something that we gradually are trying to implement into games. We need to be more clinical. All you can do is, is you know, practice finishing. You know, that's the only way you can become more clinical. It's not a tactical thing. We're creating plenty of chances. We're creating plenty of match-winning situations. We're just not taking them. That's not necessarily down to Arteta. That's down to the players that are on the fields. And, you know, Jesus has missed some clear chances. Odegaard, of course, has. Saka has. We need to start taking these big chances. What's good is that when we concede, we are responding quite quickly, which is something we failed to do last season. Um... Fuad says, I watch a lot of NFL and sometimes NBA games and the vanity of all-star games has worn off substantially and their viewer numbers have dropped off because of players don't play at full speed and they're wary of injuries. I mean, there you go. Uh, Rathaveri says, what if we just pumped more money into the FA Cup and therefore make it more interesting for teams to win? I don't think the FA Cup should need more money pumped into it. You know, the prize of... Uh, a European qualification spot for teams, potentially, if they win it outside of the qualification places. The pride of the competition in itself, it shouldn't need money to be pumped into it for it to become a greater kind of spectacle. It's the oldest club competition in the world, uh, the club uh, knockout competition in the world. It shouldn't need any, any more incentive to try and win it, that's for sure. Uh, Irish says, Tom, who'd do the team selection for these all-star games and would they have to drop Saka, Jesus or Martinelli to fit in Kane and crying human son? Um, they would absolutely be trying to work out. You, you'd think that Kane and Son would probably start. Um, you think, I, I'm not even going to entertain the idea of, of what a kind of a South team would look like with Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs players. Um, 
it would be ridiculous to even try and think about what a team would be. I mean, if you were ever tasked with writing an article on that, I think I'd be like, and my all-star team would be dot, 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 nothing, because it's stupid. <laughs> uh, Jay and Bene says, Tom, an all-star game would work on an international basis, I think, in my opinion, as it would remove the tribalism on UK grounds. Um, on an international basis, as in take the players out of the UK to play the South versus North and play it in America. It, it doesn't. It doesn't because it takes away from the legitimacy of clubs. It takes away. I just, I can't. International football makes sense. It makes sense because it's, you know, it's your, it's your nation. You're playing for your country. So you can put Spurs players and Arsenal players together in an international setup in the sense of countries because it's their national team. But doing it on an all-star club level, you're combining club players together and that's a different psyche. It's a different package deal. It's very different indeed. All-star games for the Premier League teams is a, is a disrespectful um, proposition. It, and it, it's a disrespectful proposition because it shows a lack of respect for what the English game is. We had a couple of discussions the other day when we were talking about um, the idea of club games being played abroad and there are a couple of people that disagreed with my point of view on this which is fine everyone's allowed entitled to their opinion on it but you know for me when you see La Liga's uh, Spanish Super League uh, sorry Spanish Super Cup go and play in the Middle East that's not right competitive club games on an English level so the FA Cup games the League Cup games the Community Shield Premier League games should stay in England Preseason tournaments, go and do what you like. You know, preseason tournaments can go all over the world. They can generate that interest. They can generate the revenue. They can tour the world and, you know, play games abroad. But no, these games should not be played anywhere other in a competitive sense, in a competitive English competition than in England. European competitive games should only be played in Europe. I don't want to see the Champions League final going to America or Australia. That's just not the way it goes. It's not how it works. And then people responded. I think one of the questions was, how do you feel about the NFL coming to the England? Not great. The NFL should stay in America. You know, if you want to play a preseason American football game here in the UK, or you want to do like your All-Stars, which is clearly part of you, kind of the uh, the fabric of American sport in some of, in some sports, do what you want, you know. But competitive league games or cup games that are domestic should stay in their relevant countries. I know it sounds really Brexit and I'm not, but it's just the way I see it. Um, it's just for me uh, what what it should be. Um, what must the GP be thinking about this? GP? Why am I forgetting who GP is? Are you going to have to remind me, Lynn? You're going to have to remind me. <laughs> um, let's go to Mark. Who says an international all star game would be like a, would be like Man United last year. A bunch of great parts that don't cohere and have no pattern of play. It would be ugly, unwatchable football. Uh, Matt Tyra says, Tom, how do you feel about a full Premier League all star team taking on a La Liga all star team or a Bundesliga team? Not good. Not good. <laughs> I don't want to see a, a Premier League all star team. I don't want to see it. I'm not interested. Can you, like the idea of Real Madrid and Barcelona players playing in a La Liga all-star team, if you know the politics of Barcelona, that in itself is ridiculous. Like, ridiculous to consider a La Liga all-star team. Like, the idea of that is crazy. 
It's arguably more crazy than an all-star Premier League team. If you know kind of the the air around La Liga clubs, the air around Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yes, Real Madrid players and Barcelona players to get play together for Spain. Although, to be fair, Real Madrid and Barcelona have, have struggled in recent times to get players actually into the Spain squad at times. It's changed more recently back to, to more of the way it was. But yeah, the idea of a La Liga all-star team genuinely would make La Liga fans throw up in their mouth. <laughs> it's mad. Absolutely mad. Um, so yeah, there you go. Graham Potter. Was it Graham Potter? Lynn, what must Graham Potter be thinking about this? Ah, there we go. Thank you. I don't know why I took so long to work out, Lynn, who Graham, who GP is. You know, I'd love to hear what he has to say. It's going to be an awkward question for him to be asked in a press conference, though. Uh, Aya says, these days, people think their ideas don't need to go through the stress test to test their viability. All-Star Games is good only as a concept and on paper. Ironically, actually, idea testing is something that's happening quite a lot in UK government right now, but uh, uh, less about that. But yeah, look, it's clearly something that maybe they're even putting out there in kind of a, let's see how people react to it if I say this in a public forum. Not a good response, that's for sure. Um, Matt says, I dislike the idea too. Whoever said our American All-Star Games have gone downhill was right. I just wanted to see if that changed your mind. No, it didn't. <laughs> and, you know, as I say, a La Liga All-Star team genuinely is politically would be mad. Um, Mohammed says, I completely disagree. An interleague All-Star team doesn't have to force players to play together. It could be done on a voluntary basis. I mean, whoever volunteers for that, immediately is going to get that kind of that stigma associated with them um <laughs> I just i can't the detachment from reality to think that an all-star team or a premier league team or a la liga team it just shows i think a lack of understanding of the tribalism and rivalry between the clubs in england it really really does um Max says, morning, Tom. Three for two. Uh, I had to, uh, I, if you had to swap three of Barcelona's, uh, sorry, I'm trying to understand your question. Uh, if you had to swap any three of our gems for any two of Barcelona's gems uh, from ESR, Saka, Gabi and Odegaard for Gavi, Pedro, Fatty and De Jong, what would, if I had to, if I had to, three from those. So I'd swap Smith Rowe and Martinelli and Odegaard for uh, Ansu Fati, De Jong and Pedri. I think if I had to, I don't know if I can't say no. Obviously, I don't think I would swap any of them. I like, uh, mm, that's. I mean, I'm tempted to swap Smith Rowe for De Jong, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to, that's probably what I would do. But interesting question. Maybe people in the comment section can let us know what they would do. Um, Lona says, Hey Tom, what do you think about letting an American MLS all-star team join the Premier League? Six hour flight to London. Stupid, I know. Hey, look, if in a pre-season game you wanted to do Arsenal against an MLS all-star team, go for it. You know, in a pre-season context, if you want to do an MLS all-star team against a Arsenal or a Man United or a Spurs or whatever, I don't have an issue with that because all-star teams are already embedded in the fabric of MLS. You know, it's already there. It's MLS never had the time because it's still, you know, contextually a very new league to kind of build up the same kind of tribalism as there is here in the UK in terms of clubs. So if you want to do an all-star MLS side against one Premier League team, not a all-star Premier League team, you know, a Man City, an Arsenal, a Liverpool, whatever, in a pre-season context, sure, do it. 
I'll have no issue with that. No issue at all. If that's going to, if that whets your appetite for something, sure, go for it. But yeah, no, not for me. Not for me. Uh, aren't these billionaire owners rich enough, Matthew? It's a good question. And your answer is no. Um, I'll kind of finish on this. I think, what was I reading? I think I was reading Jimmy Carr's book um, or listening to Jimmy Carr's audio book for his book. I can't remember the person he talks about, but there's kind of a billionaire in a room with someone who themselves is fairly well off. And they're talking about kind of how much they earn and what they're, you know, what they have and all the things they want to do and they have done. And then when they pull away from the conversation, someone goes to that person and says, well, imagine being um, a billionaire, what you could do. And the person just turns around and is like, you know, I have something that they'll never have. And they're like, well, what's that? And it's like, enough. I have enough. I'm happy. You know, family, children, I'm comfortable. All of that stuff. Having enough is more important than being a billionaire. And I completely feel that, you know, if you're happy in your life and you feel like you've got enough, that's good. Strive to have enough. Don't strive to have more. That's the way I would say things. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. I'll also be back at 10 a.m. this morning, so in a couple of hours, or less than a couple of hours' time now over on the Arsenal way. So do go and join us over there. Link, as always, in the link tree in the description. Uh, fantastic show. Lovely stuff. I'll see you again soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.